whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. When Laura Esty Miller was here to talk about Jekyll and Hyde, one of my favorites, we started talking about other musicals that are old, which made me feel old. We joined the conversation already in progress. Exactly. And I don't need more than that. I don't need deep personal motivation. It kind of makes it all seem silly. Like uh, Jurassic Park, which is all around us right now, because we're recording in my, my son's play area, um... It, we just rewatched my son and I just watched the movie. The the the, sci- the people who do what they do in that movie, which is a lot of what this kind of like Jurassic Park is simply an extension of Frankenstein and Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. It is born out of scientific fear and is what happens when you go too far. Right. And go too far without the respect for what you're doing. And okay. that is the problem in Jurassic Park is that you are messing with nature. And without due respect for what nature is, and we will now all pay the price for your sins. That's at least what the first Jurassic Park is about. The right. rest of them are kind of about how dinosaurs are fun, which again, totally fine. Um, but Je- Jekyll and Hyde in the original sort of concept incarnations are just that. He's just Jekyll. Why does he want to split people in half? Well, whatever. He's a good guy. He thinks we can do it. Like, no big deal. Give me a crazy guy from the asylum. I'll split him in half. Right. And he's rejected. And then he does it to himself because he's a driven scientist who needs to know i was he sings i need to know right i don't need more than that you give me more than that and i start to worry like think about well how much if your dad is such a big deal in the asylum how come we never hear about him again right ever like once and how come hyde isn't out there telling everybody that your dad's in the asylum because that would be embarrassing in victorian england that could ruin your marriage you know like sir danvers could then come in and be like hang on this is in your genetic line or whatever they would have called the bloodline. Mm-hmm. I can't have my grandkids have that in it. You can't marry. Your humor is too full right. of this. <laughs> your black bile or is the- too concentrated. <laughs> um, they're on the hospital board. They would have used other wrong language. But y- We need to exsanguinate. There we go. Good word. Um, it's that that thing that this show just does not do. Right. But I still love it, Laura. Why I, do I oh, still love it? I don't know. It's because it taps into that that gothic loving emo kid it really does yeah very effectively i this came the second one the second uh the robert cuccioli one came mm-hmm. out the year after rent came it out did this is a post it's not po- this is i mean the musical was conceived of in 86 and sure. it lives in the music theater of 86 it should really this is les mis it might be best there. It's yes. I think if it had <laughs> if it had actually been finished then and produced, it, it we would be talking about it as like the twentieth longest running right. Broadway show ever. Right. Like it really, because it's incredible to me that both this and Scarlet Pimpernel were huge hits from a run standpoint. Scarlet Pimpernel, which also closed its doors <laughs> and then reopened in the same run and like as a rewritten show. Like which you listen to the episode with Megan Reichel, we talk about it, but. It, it, it's it's inconceivable to me that a show that is living... I mean, it just really goes to show you what you can do if you're living on concept that everybody knows. Because everybody goes, oh, Jekyll and Hyde, I know what that is. I got that. They made a musical out of it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me, like just from a, a, a visceral standpoint. Oh, it looks like this. Oh, and it's got David Hasselhoff in it. Sold. Four years. <laughs> some, some people might balk at the David Hasselhoff, but when you sell them on like... No, no, it's 
funny and fun well, but and even the, epic but instead the, of like super serious. It goes to who the reason shows run for a super long time to me is because it it has something in it for everybody. There's a reason everybody wants to go see it. And this has enough music theater fan goodwill because of the concept albums, I right. feel like. Added to the Hasselhoff of it all, which is why the tourists are coming to see it. And when you spend, at the time, would it have been $100, $90 on a ticket? But you see it on stage. There is an aspect of that, which should never be ignored when you go see a Broadway show. When that price is so high, you want to see it on the stage. And people do. And so, there you go. That'll get you... And it's also easily sellable. You can sell it to groups because, again, it's it's a musical based on Jekyll and Hyde. Right. Oh, it's the story we'll, they're familiar with. We'll get on a bus and go see that. Sure. There's no and then go all eat at Sardis. There's no there's no risk. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? There's no risk right. to that. Um, and so it, it, it isn't appealing to the like again. If I just just viewing it objectively, this is a terrible show like, from an objective quality standpoint. And no argument. And I don't think I would get any argument, even from a lot of fans of it, to be like, oh, well, but you get a lot of well buts, but you know, you won't get. Because, like, when I talked about Mame with Robbie Russell, I got a lot of, no, you're wrong. This is a good show. And you can argue both sides of that. This show is objectively bad, and I love it anyway. <laughs> I kind of love it because of how bad it is. And that's why I say when they tried to make it better, it made it worse. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I was super excited when you mentioned it. I was just like, yes, great. Jekyll and Hyde. Let's talk about this thing that fully lives in our nostalgia. Yeah. Yes. And is full. And I would go see. I mean, 100% would go see it again. There's a lot of shows I loved when I was 16 and 17 mm-hmm. that I wouldn't go see it again that maybe I even think are objectively better shows, like Rent. Like Rent is objectively more well-written than <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde, but I've done two episodes on Rent. You can hear what I have to say about it. I saw something that I had seen 20 years ago. Oh, what was that? Or more than 20 years ago. I saw it just the other day, actually, and I was... What did you see? Or do you not want to say? Disappointed. No, I'll say. Um, I saw Miss Saigon. Yeah. That's not as good as you think it is, is it? Well, I wish that it had stayed in my memory. Um, But You are not even the fifth person I've heard say that. I'm sure. Yeah. I am glad that I saw it because it made me contend with the question of why are we still doing this? Mm -hmm. I would ask the question, why did we do it in the first place? But yes, it it is. Why did we do this in the first place? But I had already had many talks with my students. Mm. Um, I, you know, I teach um, college students. I also teach younger students, but I don't talk with this. About Miss Saigon? Yeah. I talk, uh, yeah, I don't talk with... About <laughs> a Vietnam era uh, adaptation of Madame Butterfly? Why wouldn't that no, come up? No, I don't. I don't talk with, uh, with um, students under the age of, you know... 13. 18. 18. About... Um, about Miss Saigon. <laughs> about the vietnam War. challenging themes um about yeah. prostitution in vietnam and the ethics of I don't, biracial usually. children father during wartime but i don't no, okay. and uh you know up. equity actors equity strikes in uh, right. <laughs> i don't tend to bring that up with jonathan them. price and yellow face this doesn't come up a lot not usually okay um i did have a 16 year old in my college class this year then we oh. did talk about that with her okay well they were in the class though yes you, you've come to me i'm not coming yeah. to you <laughs> exactly um so, but you talked about it with your students, the, mm-hmm. and what did you just? It, they did they all go to see it, and then you discussed. They it didn't you just, go to oh, see okay. it, um, but it came up because mm-hmm. we were talking about musical theater history. Sure, um, and we were talking about the highlights of American musical theater history, and 
when we got to Miss Saigon, when we got to, you know, the British invasion, when we got to yeah. Cameron Mackintosh and, um, oh, I'm going to have to take a detour when we talk yeah. about, um, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, but we got to Cameron Mackintosh sure. and I brought up, um, uh, Miss Saigon and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, Les Mis mm-hmm. and started talking about um leah salonga and talked about oh jonathan price and mm-hmm. there was this big you know yeah. huge riot and like sit-in that happened surrounding miss saigon and many of my students were actually aware of it which is great yeah. because even as recently as you know two three years ago many of my students weren't aware of it mm. but i think because the revival took place yeah and because it came to D.C. or at that point was about to come to D.C., they yeah. were doing a little bit of research about it. Mm-hmm. They, but it was back. The conversations were back because there's always yeah. this now with a fully Asian cast kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. They were becoming more aware. And if you're advertising like, that, you have to explain to people why that's like, why not? What it's is like, happening? Well, when we did this before, yeah. we may have made a couple of This mistakes. was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so I went to see it. Um, I had seen it on Broadway mm. um, when I was sophomore or junior in high school um and i knew the music but i also was aware of like why is jonathan price in the cast mm-hmm. interesting and he wasn't still in the cast when i went to see it it was yeah. a couple of rounds after mm-hmm. after he had left um um and leah salonga wasn't still there either right. um but i loved some of the songs um and of course i was like there's a helicopter on stage this well, is right. exciting um <laughs> it's cameron mcintosh it's um, got a good logo and there's a big gimmick somewhere in the show yeah so mm-hmm. it was exciting but i also i learned a lot from watching it i was like okay this is this is not exactly my thing watching it from listening to it Mm -hmm. i was like this is gorgeous this some of the music here is really beautiful but i'm i'm hearing some things that i'm as a you know 14 15 16 year old i can't remember exactly when i first heard it right um i'm hearing some things that i'm not really quite understanding but i might be a little bit too young but i will when i see it Mm -hmm. um clearly and then no things uh things will yeah come clear and when i saw it i was like okay now now i'm getting it oh there's a white savior thing happening yeah oh oh i get it Mm -hmm. um oh i understand what's happening here yeah and it did (laughs) it it became a little bit more clear when i saw it Mm -hmm. and then um there has been some restructuring of Mm -hmm. of the script yeah um and it was it was wild to watch it again because it's a lot more stark now mm-hmm. um and they've really they haven't made it more raunchy mm-hmm. um i remember in hearing the um the comments after from the people around me they were like blown away because I think a couple of people that I was sitting near also had seen it about 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. they were like, this wasn't as raunchy 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, as a 14, 15, 16 year old, I, yeah, I remember it being this, <laughs> <laughs> this risque. I, yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
Um, <laughs> I remember seeing this much nudity. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't think that was the issue. Huh. Um, I did appreciate the cast being much more um, uh, cast from people who are the right people to be in the cast. Right. It was cast from a fully Asian cast right. or almost a fully Asian cast. Yeah. Um, and we well, need those white saviors in there. So there are roles for white actors in that. Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the way that it was restructured, some of it made some more, made more sense. And then other parts of it, I was like, this is bizarre. Yeah. Like, um, I'm going off on a completely different tangent here, but um, some of it became like a Romeo and Juliet type of story where Hmm. um, it was told in a bit of a flashback. Um, So it seemed like um, Kim and Chris fell in love so fast. Yeah. And I didn't remember it being that fast. And maybe that's just in my memory. Yeah, I, I think that's just in your that. memory. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm, you know. Right. Well, almost... because you, you think about that now. Like, at the, I, there's a certain. <laughs> we talk about Les Mis all the time. We talk about this, like, the Cosette and Marius fall in love, like that. Like that. They see each other in a fence and they're like, whoa, love. Right. That's it. Um, and, like, in love. Like, in a kind of love that, like, this show has. And these yeah. people have theoretically been together for a long time. Like, it's yeah. a, yeah. It's an intense, yeah. And um, in Miss Saigon. They they have sex and then they're getting married. Right. And I in my head I pur- I purposely didn't listen to it before I went to go see it mm. again. Oh that's good. Um but in my head what happens is they have this night together and then they get I do remember I did remember that they got married right. after that because or they had the wedding ceremony. Right. Um because he has to, you know, he plays the savior and he has to. Yeah. Um, well, there also has to be a codification of a religious significance. Otherwise, the child isn't really right. his exactly. child. Yeah, of course. Sort of white um, savior model. But he sings this song about, like, I've never had this feeling about someone before. Just um, questions that don't ever end. Why, he sings a song to God. And why God? Why? Today, I'm all through here, on my way. There's nothing left here that I'll miss. Why send me now a night like this? Who is the girl in this rusty bed? Why am I back in a filthy room? Why is her voice ringing in my head? Why am I high on her cheap perfume, Vietnam? Hey, look, I mean you no offense. But why does nothing here make sense? Why It's a, I, I really don't think there, I don't think like Miss Saigon's a good show. I, I I loved it so much when I was you know fourteen. I get I, I never had it. I went, yeah, woo! It was not a show I knew in high school. If I'd known it in high school, I, I probably would have the exact same reaction though, because it it does have 
like all great Bubble and Schoenberg songs, mm-hmm. it ticks all those boxes, yeah, like yeah. emotionally, right? Though even I did hear at the time and, and thought it was dumb and still do the solo saxophone oh, love I, song. I never liked that. That is the... Oh. Ooh, man. Ooh. What, a, what a metaphor. So played on a solo saxophone. A crazy sound, a lonely sound, a cry. That tells us love goes on and on Played on a solo saxophone Yeah, it's it's a show that I, I, I never thought was worth all the hubbub about it. I remember kind of feeling that, like, it, it's got all this baggage. Mm-hmm. And... Once I, I, I actually really listened to it after I did uh, or work crew for production of Madame Butterfly, because mm-hmm. I knew it was an adaptation of that. Yeah. I went, oh well, now I know this show inside out. So let let me go listen to the mu- like really listen to the musical, and it just it was the first time that I felt like why doesn't she go with the guy from her village? Yeah. I don't. Well, doesn't like if he... she's looking for a guy, she doesn't need a guy. But if right. she's looking for a guy and it looks like she is, why doesn't she go back with the other? guy? That's not the guy. There's a different guy who she kills, right? Who's the no, guy? No, that's him. Oh, well, it's because he wants to get rid of her son, right? Isn't that the problem? Before that. Oh, okay. And he then fi- he finds her. He finds out that she has a son, and then she tries to kill him. Oh. Or, or, or and then he right. He tries, tries to, to kill, kill her the son. son. And that's why she kills him. Right. Um, but before that, like when he's looking for her at, oh, the, I see what you mean at the, at um, the bar. Yeah. yeah. At the bar. Okay. Um, why doesn't she go with him then? And she just refuses. Huh? But she had been betrothed to him. Well, right. I and mean, there doesn't seem to be a strong reason why. And the reason is because if she did, there wouldn't be there a show. There wouldn't be a story. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Which is and not a good reason. <laughs> In fact, it's the worst reason. It's a bad reason. And, yeah. And it's just kind of because she's doesn't want she to. Because, yeah. Because yeah. there wouldn't, it really is because there wouldn't be a show. Right. It, like, the, any excuse she gives. I was gives. searching for one. Well, and there's also, like, but there, again, the Western writing aspect of that is that arranged marriage is bad. So anytime you have a character in a show or in a movie or anything who's in an arranged marriage Mm -hmm. in a Western production, it is always negative Mm -hmm. and say what you, I I am, I am now speaking about a topic of which I have no knowledge at all, Mm -hmm. but it is in terms of like the good and badness of arranged marriage. I'm saying, so I'm not, what I'm actually talking about though, is it as, as a representation of the female character rejects the arranged marriage the way a Western woman would reject it. She does not, reject the man always who she's been chosen what she rejects is the concept to that yeah, end it's, it's this structure that's being put on her. exactly right. and that's what she's rebelling against and mm-hmm. she's rebelling like she was i want to pick who i marry right but if she was never raised with that idea i'm not saying she wouldn't have a problem with it i'm also not saying that arranged marriage is a good thing but i'm just saying her vehement rejection of the concept is a western rejection of the concept yeah and so because it's written by westerners for a western audience they go mm-hmm. and she's in an arranged marriage and we all go oh Ooh, yeah and that way you know and again it's a shortcut so she can reject the arranged marriage and we all kind of go, well, she's rejecting an arranged marriage like mm-hmm. any of us would. Right. And it's more complicated than that yeah. in her culture, where she's from. If she's rejecting him, 
that's one thing. Like if she's like, I don't like you or you're a drunk or something, like if there's some reason not to like him, eventually there is. He tries to kill her kid. Right. But so like, you go, well, that happens course. later. Though. See, she was right all <laughs> along. Right. But it's retroactive. That's what like, even in my memory, I'm like, you mean the guy tried to kill her kid? That's why she of doesn't course. go with it. But no, that doesn't happen no, no, no. for a while. So yeah, again, it's not great writing, guys. Book writers are important. Yes. Laura, this is what we've learned today. And in the first iteration of the musical... I feel like these things didn't happen in this order. So it made sense Mm -hmm. that she wouldn't have gone with him because he was, I think he was part of the, uh, the force that had burned her village. Right. So that made sense. Mm -hmm. Why on earth? Uh, Why would I want to go with you? Yeah. Yeah. You burned down my village. Of course I ran away and broke our betrothal. Yeah. You're terrifying. (laughs) Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my takeaways from, from seeing Miss Saigon, Miss Saigon again. <laughs> um, so yes, I don't know why we we're continuing to do it. Um, uh, my yeah. my friends who are Vietnamese um, were not fans. Yeah, and I, I mean, went, it's got oh yeah, I, it is it is the, it is what shows you that first of all the original run was so successful, so it's a property everyone knows the name of. Um, B that there are issues that can be worked out, and you can advertise that. You can say like, oh, and we fixed it this time. Was nope. this like why with David Henry Huang rewriting the book for Flower Drum Song a couple like was it ten years ago, and this horribly racist Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, um, with an Asian author who liked the score and really thought like no we can fix it and it's still it's just too just too many problems yeah it's not worth fixing um, though I appreciate the effort but the the other thing is the idea that it has a, two really good roles in it. And never underestimate the power of a show that has two really good roles. Yeah. Where you have, I mean, with Kim and the engineer, have really good songs, songs that you've heard and songs that people love to sing. I mean, the engineer has some great songs. And they just go on forever. Right, they do. Which is, again, why, like, I really feel like we are undervaluing concerts. <laughs> How about we do a 90-minute concert version that kind of skips all the nonsense that's a problem and we just hear American Dream uh Buidoy and whatever kim's great songs are i can never remember the name of them but like that's all we need that's all the show really has to offer are these rousing show-stopping mm-hmm. moments um that don't really hang together all that well because it doesn't feel like and it, it also feels like a lot of what tying it back to jekyll and hyde kind of where i ultimately felt about jekyll and hyde after listening to seven and a half <laughs> hours of it The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Laura Esty Miller for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) 